the optimal life? Yeah, I was uh, previously running a um, online mental health community uh, called 18%. I got into mental health after a close family friend by the name of Lewis um, was diagnosed uh, with uh, bipolar and schizoaffective disorder when he was 19. And uh, a few years later, he went for a walk and didn't come home. And um, in his honor, um, I ended up raising money and starting a online mental health community that offered peer-to-peer support. So in, in short, it's the power of providing support to others and uh, this inherent need of uh, human connection. How old were you when uh, he passed? Uh, I was 27. Mm, okay, so now you're north of 30. You're a real adult now. That's what they <laughs> I say. I have now hit 30. <laughs> I am 31, yeah. but still feel young and spry. I'm 40, and I still feel like a college kid sometimes. So <laughs> it's it's interesting how when I was when we were growing up, 40 seemed like a dinosaur. And now it's yeah. like, now I feel like 40's a baby. Maybe they felt like that when they were 40 back then, 30 <laughs> years ago. They probably thought they were babies all, too. Uh, all a mental state, right? There's 40-year-olds who feel like they're in their 20s, and there's 20-year-olds who feel like they're in their 40s. That's so true. That's so true. And, and uh, if anyone knows that better, there's not many people that know that better than you because there's a wide array of folks that are using dating apps, which we'll ultimately get to and, and we'll get there. Um, but so he he had this this disorder and this mental health issue. He took his life, I, I, I'm taking it? Yeah, so he had walked into a river, whether he was manic and unaware that the river was dangerous. The answer is uh, inconclusive, but uh, yeah, he lost his life. Um, Mm. few years back when you got the call that day that he had lost his life what was that moment yeah so I mean I think when a parent loses a child I think that's uh, yeah it's indescribable and um, hearing it from my dad I felt so bad for their family and yeah, I wanted to do something in his honor and hopefully save one child and prevent a father and a family from having to suffer like his uh, was going through. And through your community and your forums, uh, I would assume that you believe you probably have accomplished that. You've probably saved at least one life. Yeah, I mean, we we recently shut down the online community. Um, a few of the moderators migrated to uh, unaffiliated with 18%, uh, moved over to a Discord community. But yeah, over the last close to four years, every day people would share um, the power of peer-to-peer support and that they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the community and for people they had met. And that's really the beauty, even though the community no longer exists people now have relationships that they didn't have beforehand and belief that they could survive and belief that guess what they're not alone there's mm-hmm. others that are going through what they're going through and when you realize that and have that connection with like-minded people 
uh, it can really make a positive impact on one's life. Yeah, that's interesting. Being a part of a community, even if it's a sad and negative community, because your guys are all in maybe a, a dark place, provides the comfort that you need to realize this is not just me. There's other people that are going through it too. I feel a lot better about my situation just knowing that. It's very interesting. This meeting is being recorded. Okay. This meeting is being recorded. Okay. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. So you got involved in the mental health space, and uh, you've also gotten involved into this crazy world of online dating. And I, I see that you're kind of involved in a few different spaces, mental health, uh, marketing, branding, and of course this, well, I'll call it a startup for not knowing how far along you guys are, but Filter Off, which is a, a new dating app that, that you guys are working on, or newer app. So. What what like how how does that even happen, Zach? You you know you're in the mental health space. You're doing the online community. You're doing some marketing and branding. What in the world makes you think I could start an online dating app? Yeah, my passion has always been in marketing and building community and trying all sorts of things, and I've. I am someone who likes to dip my toes in all sorts of different aspects and kind of just go with like the wave, not really force it. So with after Lewis's passing and starting this community and then um, uh, then we I had shut it down a few months ago. So and even though it shut down again, it made a big impact. It continues to impact and it doesn't just end um, from there. And in terms of marketing, I think it's my passion to connect with people and to share. And many of the skills that I've learned over the years translate to projects. So my focus now is solely on this online dating app, uh, Filter Off. And the passion around online dating is really around building authentic connection, uh, connecting with others in a really intentional manner. And it, it stemmed from when I was younger, starting an online dating blog called toprom.com, where I reviewed apps and hacks for millennials and ended up selling that blog. And I started a subreddit for a small dating app at the time called Hinge. Uh, so uh, I run Hinge's subreddit and seeing how ineffective swipe apps are and seeing how effective hopping on a video call before my first date was. I, I, I saw this as being the way of online dating, but in a more intentional manner, just connection in general. That's mm. uh, very interesting. Because that is, the, the thing that I found fascinating with the dating apps, I did check it out. I got divorced several years back, and, and I, this was a whole new world to me. I mean, I didn't know anything prior to, when I, when I was engaged and got married, there was none of this stuff. I mean, it was very new at that time, very infant. And then I came out into this world of Tinder and Hinge and Bumble and probably one or two others, but... Um, 
I found them to be somewhat empty when I was on there for the little amount of time that I was on there just to see what it was. I, I found it to be kind of just, it lacked authenticity. And it sounds like you feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's very transactional. Um, you hear all the, the horror stories around catfishing. But aside from even things like catfishing, it's people that just hoard numbers. They don't even want to meet. It's oftentimes they're on the toilet swiping just for validation. Mm. Um, it's not actually to connect with another human, but more so just to feel validated. And um, Filter Off is all about uh, facilitating a connection um, in a much more intentional manner than any sort of swipe app. Yeah, uh, to piggyback off of what you just said too, I was actually at, at a, out of the camp uh, campgrounds this past weekend, and we became friends with this girl who was there. She was there by herself. I say girl, she's in her late 30s. And she was doing the same thing. She was talking about how she was in a breakup and, and she was out at the cabin by herself for the weekend just to check out and kind of just unwind. And she says, I'm just going to drink my wine and I'm going to go on Bumble or whatever one of those apps. And she goes, and I'm just going to swipe and make and, and talk to guys and then ghost them and just make them think that I like them and then make them feel bad about themselves. Now, she said this with about a half a bottle or maybe a whole bottle of wine in her, but that's kind of the problem. What you're saying is that people are doing it in almost a reverse way to not only validate themselves, but to invalidate others. Yeah, um, for sure. I think there's always bad actors in every sort of industry. And when you look at the online dating industry as a whole, uh, it definitely creates a a culture and behavior that is not um, always kind. And um, the experience of a lot of these apps, um, it's a profile. You don't always feel like you're speaking to another human. So right. thinking twice about being rude or a guy sending a rude message or someone sending, yeah, like even a inappropriate photo, you don't think twice because unfortunately you're behind this profile and you're like, oh, I have nothing uh, to lose. And um, again, it's, it's, it's how the apps are designed, unfortunately. And I'm not taking away from the human element. Humans or users are responsible for their actions for sure. Um, but uh, it just doesn't lead to, as you mentioned, um, effective connection. What's your uh, interest? Why are you so attracted to this industry? Uh, you started off by talking about you, you ran and sold the dating blog Top Romp, which is quite a name. Top Romp, to me, like my knee-jerk reaction is whoever's the best in bed uh, goes to the top there. So um, <laughs> that, that's interesting. <laughs> And uh, so, again, what, what drew you to this, to this part of the industry? Yeah, it, it stems from connection. I think everything I've done in my life has been from this mental health community or how I surround myself with friends or loved ones. It's all about really deep, authentic connection. It's, it's less about having 100 friends and more about having five really close ones. And I think that translates to the online dating industry. And it's something that has not been 
Like the nut hasn't been cracked in the online dating industry. Uh, Tinder in 2012 uh, came out and it was a game. And But the beauty of that was that it removed the stigma of online dating. As women say, oh, I'm playing this game. However, now uh, we are on swipe apps and everyone, many dating apps have copied uh, Tinder. Um, so now it's fast forward close to 10 years and it's the same sort of tech and uh, yeah, sure, it feels like a game, but it also hasn't led to, like I said before, effective connection. So I think we're in this new wave and the pandemic has accelerated that culture of intentional dating by a few years and uh, the time is now. Mm. When you say that, a couple of things. When you say the, the the online dating or these apps haven't cracked the nut, I think is what you said. What what exactly? Elaborate on that. Sure. So again, how most swipe apps are designed are uh, it's like a hot or a not. Um, it's judging people based off their profile pictures and their witty bios. And the reality is some people take, can't take good photos or come up with witty bios. And imagine if your or anyone's significant other didn't take the best photo, but um, when you get to meet her on video or in person or him on video or in person, you realize, wow, they're an amazing person. So, mm. and I am very attracted, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, it's a very like 2D approach and superficial approach. And that's what the industry has been now for a decade. And with the pandemic and where people were extremely lonely and disconnected, they turned to platforms like a Zoom um, and FaceTime and apps like Filter Off where they can now connect efficiently and intentionally on video first and really get to almost be with that person versus uh, texting and um, not really getting to know the individual on a deeper level. So again, we're all, we're very used to these video platforms now as a way to facilitate connection. That's not to say you should stay on these platforms um, you should hop on. I don't want to say should, but at some point when you feel that connection or that spark, that's when you meet in person or when you feel safe, that's when you meet in person. And there's been a lot of um, positive consequences or positive outcomes for platforms like ours in terms of safety, efficiency, and the list goes on and on. So that's how I would uh, describe this, like not being cracked and how this industry has literally changed overnight. Yeah. I got you there, um, but but how about the fact that you are catering to mostly millennials? Obviously, it's going to be a wide range of ages. Of course, there's going to be people in their forties, fifties, etc., that will ultimately be heading toward filter off. But millennials are still going to make up, I would imagine, a significant portion, a majority portion of your users, at least at the outset. So what you're doing is you're catering to this group of, of people who have been grown up in a society where social behavior has not been taught 
it's been stalled based on technologies, Google, text messages, phone, social media. You've got all these kids now that are in their 20s that have never really had to ask somebody on a date in person, pick up the phone and call somebody. Uh, and now what you're trying to get them to do, correct me if I'm wrong, is get onto a platform that feels super uncomfortable and super foreign to them. How do you handle that? Yeah, so pre-pandemic, I would say most definitely, um, most people uh, that were like baby boomers didn't know even what Zoom was. I mean, um, and like Skype was kind of like the go-to for any sort of video. And again, now you could ask people's grandparents and they know what Zoom is. So again, people are now uh, very comfortable with the technology because they've been using with friends and loved ones. So hopping on a video date, whether or not you're using filter off, is just really no big deal. And, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, we do attract all ages. We have people as young as 18 into their 70s. And that's the beauty of our platform because we're a platform. It's very focused on community. Um, so a community could be any sort of age group or demographic. and But I think the common denominator is everyone using video technology during the pandemic and now being super comfortable with it coming out of the pandemic. Mm, okay, so you feel that the pandemic actually helped your cause in, in the fact that it, it's given people more familiarity with video chat. Yeah, and it was inevitable that the online dating industry would turn to a video first experience and a more intentional experience. And the pandemic had accelerated it, yeah. perhaps by three years, mm. but it was going to happen. Um, but uh, for us, it obviously helped. Um, we had some luck even how, how, how horrible the pandemic was, yeah, it helped. Um, it accelerated that culture and that acceptance of this sort of technology and medium. Yeah, you say it was bound to happen. Why, why do you think it was bound to happen in the next few years? Yeah, you, as humans, right, technology progresses, um, it evolves, and the next wave of online dating was going to be a more intentional one. Um, where you can really get to know the person um, beyond the profile photo. Uh, some people have tried audio only. Um, we believe having a video first focus with a community focus is the most uh, important way or kind of the way or the most effective way to intentionally date. And so... Yeah, I mean, you could look at any sort of industry, um, like gyms, for example. Um, Peloton got very, very popular during the pandemic. Obviously, more people are going back to gyms, but there are fewer people now going to gyms than pre-pandemic, Because aside from people still being somewhat uncomfortable, uh, being around crowds, but it's also because there's now this familiarity being at your home with a Peloton bike or any sort of equipment and being cool with that and having a trainer that's virtual. We've just accepted new ways of and 
new behaviors to efficiently do do the tasks that we need done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying everyone will transition to that, but uh, we took a huge chunk of this industry that has now gotten comfortable with video first and actually prefer it sure. to swiping. Yeah, and it also since there has been at least about a decade now of um, all these case studies and people that have been on there, millions probably of people that have been trying online dating and have found it underwhelming or have found it uh, non-authentic, uh, all those different things, it's like, okay, at some point, all these failures almost lead to something something new. Like, we need to change this because it's not working. And I think that's kind of what you're saying, too. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely grown stale. It was exciting at first and like a game, like I mentioned, and now it's just become a headache and people complaining about catfishing and people not wanting to meet and uh, the list goes on and on of all these red flags when they meet people from online dating apps. So what makes Filter Off different? I know you guys, you think swiping is bad for, basically bad for the mental health, bad for one's psyche. So talk about your platform. What do you guys do that's different? Yeah, so aside from, like I mentioned, being a video-focused platform, we have two main components, uh, virtual speed dating events, as well as a matchmaking service both take video and make it the forefront from a user experience. But what really sets us apart is our focus on community. Uh, we have all sorts of communities hosting virtual speed dating events on the filter off platform. A community can range from a religious institution to a book club lovers uh, community. So it really ranges the spectrum of affinity interests and religious groups and the list goes on and on, and it's endless. Micro-communities are everywhere. And I think, especially nowadays, community has definitely become more part of our, more part of the conversation, especially in the tech world, and um, when it comes to like crypto and blockchain. Um, and uh, So it's just, when you have community, you have this inherent feeling of trust, because everyone has similar interests or they have this like common denominator that brings them all together, like a value that aligns everyone. So hopping on to a video chat uh, is really no big deal because you know who the sorts of people you'll be speaking to. And uh, communities have also gained a lot of value from FilterOff given that they could sell tickets directly on our platform. They could re-engage our community, give them a fun experience, but also grow their community. More people can learn about different communities on the filter off platform and uh, meet like-minded individuals. So I think, like I mentioned, um, that's what it's all about, is really an intentional dating experience. So I create a profile, and then what happens? Do I do a bio and pictures, like a regular dating app? How, how does that work? Yeah, so we collect the, the typical uh, information, bio, picture, fun facts, um, what your age is, your age preference, your gender, gender interest, and then you could join one of our community events or you could opt in and or opt into the matchmaking service. So allowing you to kind of date on your own time or join one of these events, which is a bit more intentional. So it's really up to you how you want your experience to be, or maybe you're a community organizer and you create your own event on the filter off app. So you, I get involved and then I sign into the, one of these speed dating events 
and it work. What, what is what is that? It's what a one or two minute conversation with somebody. Yeah. So how it works is based off your location, you'll see events catered to you, and you can RSVP for a virtual speeding event on the Filter Off app. And once you're RSVP'd, it'll be added to your calendar. An hour before the event begins, Filter Off will notify you to confirm that you'll be at the event. And once you confirm, we start scheduling your dates. So you may have perhaps up to 10 dates that evening. And you then go on these video speed dates. And video speed dates are typically between three to five minutes. And at the end of each speed date, it'll ask you whether you like each other or not. And then you move on to your next date. Once the event concludes, you'll see if you have any matches. And if you do, you can continue to message or hop back on to another video call. And that call can last as long as you'd like. Wow. This is fascinating stuff. Thank you. <laughs> this is uh, interesting. So when did you guys first launch? Yeah, so we started about three years ago, uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, we got out of beta in February 2020. And then in March, that's when the pandemic hit the United States. Oh, wow. And we really took off in April. We got covered by the New York Times, the BBC. And that's when we really, uh, uh, yeah, went on the map and uh, went global. So how do you monetize this? Because it is free to join, correct? That's correct. So, so how, how does somebody like Zach and your team monetize uh, this app? Yeah, so if you're an event organizer and you're selling tickets, we take a percentage of ticket sales. Um, and we also monetize through our matchmaking service. So you get three curated matches per day based off of your preferences. But if you want more than three that, that day, you could purchase an additional three, six, or 10. Interesting. And how many users do you guys have now? Do you share that information? Yeah, so we've run now close to 5,500 virtual speed dating events. Uh, we've created hundreds of thousands of dates. We've created about six marriages. Um, wow. Looking for the new, the next filter off baby uh, soon. So, have, you, have you created? Yeah, I mean, have it's you created, a really vibrant community. Um, have, have you been around? Has, have you been around long enough, Zach, to create any divorces? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Not yet. Okay. Um, created a few marriages, like I said. Okay. Of course, it's there's always going to be. I'm looking forward to many more marriages and many babies, but uh, hopefully no divorces. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously I can't control. No, uh, you can't. User behavior in that sense. But, but speaking of what you can't control, that, that's an interesting one because I'm always curious about the liabilities when it comes to these apps. You hear about people creating fake profiles. They end up meeting up with somebody. Uh, a Tinder date goes bad. The guy kills the girl, or vice versa, whatever. Um, and uh, and then and then there's a whole legal issue on in hand. So, how do you guys protect yourselves uh, in, from a legal standpoint with your user in your community? Yeah. So the nice thing about uh, our app filter off is that it's tied to your phone number and your email and it's a video speeding app. It's a video first focus. So there are no catfishing when it comes to a video first dating app. Um, we do have robust reporting capabilities within the app itself. Uh, so we really take uh, reporting seriously 
And like I said, given how the app was designed, it doesn't allow for catfishing. And um, and what we've heard from our users is uh, they will only agree to meet up in person when they have that feeling of connection and trust through a course of a few video dates. And that's really the beauty of the app. It's not meeting a random stranger on a swipe app without knowing anything about them. You, all you're basing it off of is their profile picture, their bio, and how well they text. Right. Anyone potentially could be good at texting and not be the person behind that profile. And that's our promise is that you're not going to have that while using filter off. Yeah, yeah. The guy with the six pack abs and uh, tan skin, first off, doesn't always look like that in person. <laughs> and second 100%. off, might might be a disaster person, you know, personality wise. So this allows you to peel back the layers and really, like you said, find authenticity and, and get a feel for somebody right off the bat. First impressions are everything, and and you could tell right off the bat if you don't know if it's necessarily going to work long haul, you know, long term, but you definitely know if it's not going to work. Correct. For sure, it's all you need is like a couple, few seconds, like based off science, to know if or if you have this feeling of connection. But I call it just like a vibe check. You see if you vibe with yeah. this individual on any of these video dates. And if you have that feeling of connection, then go on a longer video date. And maybe it's now, instead of a three-minute date, now you do an hour date. And if you still have that feeling of connection, now you may trust them a little bit more and can relate to them. That's when the exciting part happens. That's when you potentially meet in person and, and see how it goes in person. And um, that's what's so beautiful about this app we've constructed in a way that mimics user behavior in a really healthy manner um, that leads to, again, intentional dating and the ability to connect authentically with other singles. So Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, et cetera, they see, they see your, your company, they see Filter Off, they're intrigued. What, what, what's, what's to stop them from just throwing some type of video software update into their app and say, hey, not only do we have the normal traditional state, uh, profile way of date, dating when swiping, but now we also have this video style and we're going to create our own community events, etc. What, what stops them from doing that, if anything? And, uh, you know, what, what would they be potentially, is it because you have the software already in place that you're, you're years and years ahead? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, these apps have added video. Um, but they're still swipe apps. When you're on a, one of these swipe apps, you're swiping right and left. You're judging them based off of, like I mentioned before, their photos, their bios, how the apps are constructed. Um, video for all of these apps is not the main focus. It's, it's again, it's swiping and then messaging back and forth. Video for these apps is an afterthought to their core product. What makes Filter Off unique is that the moat we're creating is community with this focus of a video first experience to really facilitate like a much more intentional connection. Hmm. It's a safe community. You're, you're creating more than just the, right. It's, it's more than just the, 
an app. It's more than just, hey, look at me showing off. You're creating these events. You're like an event planning community for singles. Yeah, I would say we're, you could potentially argue we're lean more to an event writer meetup than actually a dating app. What's your long-term goal with this app from a business standpoint? When people think of connecting with another human, uh, they think of filter off as that platform to facilitate that connection. And do you plan on running filter off uh, in perpetuity or do you see yourself exiting it one day? Continue to grow and be the largest platform to facilitate human connection on the planet. That's that's the goal. And then when Instagram comes off and offers you a billion dollars, maybe you'll walk away. Again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be sweet, but the focus yeah. again, right? Just to be heads down. No, of course, of course. The right thing to and bring on lots and lots of communities and yeah, like I said, just make this thing the the largest platform and yeah, I mean all those other right what ifs. Sure. I mean every day, right, like you have what ifs and scenarios, but I'm trying to live in the present and think a month ahead and now having investors as well thinking uh, having that North Star always in mind, and of course, um, well, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, let, let's not let's not you know this is uh, entrepreneurship, <laughs> and you've you've created several different things that you've done uh, seemingly well with. So uh, of course, as long as you keep your head down and do what you your your main prime goal is, then all that other stuff follows. I think that's where you're going. Yeah, of course, yeah. exactly. That's that's the point, and you said it more eloquently than <laughs> I did. Um. So if anyone wants to go get onto this app, and we'll link you up in the show notes, uh, but where do they go on their app, app store, online, et cetera? Yeah, so Filter Off, uh, as we mentioned, it's free to use. It's available on Android, iOS, and the web. Uh, the website's getfilteroff.com, or you can find it in any of the respective app stores as well. And you believe, truly believe wholeheartedly, Zach, that... I don't know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, at some point down the road, the traditional swipe apps and those stale profiles are almost gonna become, they'll become like MySpace, like just become irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Obviously, I don't have a, a crystal ball, but what I can say is that a larger and larger percentage of singles will turn to video first Again, it's also not a winner-takes-all industry. Many people have two to five dating apps on their phone. So when they're bored, on the toilet, they may use a swipe app. When they're on their couch, drinking a glass of wine and actually looking to meet someone, they'll use Filter Off. Beautiful, beautiful. There you have it, folks. Filter Off, uh, ending catfishing since 2020. Thanks a lot, Nate.